for the first down and still on his feet. RG3 is going to outrace everybody. Roethlisberger looks, crosser, grab, he caught it, fights to the goal line, breaks the plane, touchdown Pittsburgh! That might win them the division! And the handoff to Tomlinson, left side, and he will gallop into the end zone! Charger fans are witnesses to history! Welcome in to the Blitz, a podcast. I am your host, Mr. Kane Schwartz, and I'm joined by two dudes who are just as hype as I am over this most historic trade deadline. How we feeling, boys? Jaden, I'll start with you. Your team made some moves today. Yeah, I feel pretty good about what we did. Uh, Obviously, moving Claypool, adding William Jackson, a second-round pick. Uh, Sucks to see him go, but... Pretty happy with what we got back, and I'm sure we'll get into that in a little bit. Oh, yeah, for sure. And uh, Tyler sits in position on the floor. Um, If you're wondering why he sits in this position and you're watching the YouTube, it's because we made a bet last week live on the podcast that Tom Brady, I bet that Tom Brady would not finish as a top 12 quarterback this past week. And Tyler said that he would, and we bet 20 push-ups for the loser. So, without further ado, we're going to watch Tyler North do some push-ups on the Blitz podcast. Go ahead. Yeah, I hope you guys still have some conversation while I'm doing this, because it might take a minute. But, yes, I am a man of my word. and Dead I silence up, only. I will own up to, to the bet and the considerations um, that are with it. You should give us uh, your thoughts on the TJ Hawkinson trade while you do your push-ups. Maybe. Yes. All right. Let's do it. Wait, I can't keep my headset on when I'm doing it, so TJ Hawkinson's going to have to wait. Ah, uh, God damn it. Dude, fucking Jaden skipped out too, man. With four, what? five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. Nice. Let's go. That was that was quick. That was efficient. 10 out of 10 on the form. Good shit, man. Appreciate it. I'm <laughs> hoping I won't have to do that again. <laughs> Let's make another bet this week. Uh, but yeah. yeah, oh, we definitely are. Yeah. Oh, can't go out like oh that. okay. Okay. I'm with that. I'm with that. Uh, but for real, how are you feeling about uh, them Minnesota Vikings? We'll dive into it a little bit later, but initial thoughts about your Vikings, man? How are you feeling? Yeah, I got to catch my breath. <laughs> um, no, I um, I like it. I saw that it was like can, there is a contingency involved where if the Vikings do make the playoffs, um, then I think the fifth goes to a fourth rounder or something like that. Um, I can't, I can't be too upset with it. Irv Smith goes out eight to ten weeks. You know, with the sprained ankle, he heads to IR. So the need is there for a tight end. I mean, he's probably the best one that you're going to get, either him or – I know Jaden's talked about Gasicki, but I'd probably rather have Hawkinson um, over Gasicki. And I think he's going to fit in really well because he does do a lot of things in the run blocking as well. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy about it. I can't complain. Fuck yeah, man. And uh, on my side, the commanders did some selling of Willie Jackson, posted it on my story. Uh, Don't let the door hit you on the way out. You were a giant waste of money, my friend. Uh, But with that, let's dive into a full-on NFL trade deadline recap. 
of the biggest trade deadline in NFL history, and it's not even close. So, we start with probably the most surprising trade of the day, by far, in my opinion, and that is Calvin Ridley going to Jacksonville. This is a guy that was thrown in a lot of trades last year, but this was a name that wasn't thrown around at all this trade deadline. To be honest with you, I didn't even know if he was eligible technically for a trade, being that he was suspended, but obviously he was. Um, it's an interesting return for the Falcons as they get it, um, get they trade away Calvin Ridley in exchange for a conditional draft pick. It starts at like a sixth, but if he it goes to a sixth and then multiple steps, and then it eventually gets to if he signs a long-term deal in Jacksonville, it turns into a second rounder. So what are we thinking about this, boys? Does this make the Jags division favorites going into next year? Tyler, I'll start with you, man. I don't know if it makes them division favorites. Um, I haven't seen enough from Lawrence yet. You know, this is a guy that we were expecting to really flourish this year under Doug Peterson's leadership and his mentorship. And they started out hot. Uh, I think they were 2-1 and one after they beat um, uh, the Chargers out in L.A. But the wheels have kind of fallen off here lately, and we, it was capped with the loss this week in London to Denver. Trevor Lawrence had a terrible mistake late in that game that, that ended up costing his team the game. I just haven't seen enough from him yet for me to put them as a division favorite, even if it is in the worst division in football. I mean, NFC South can make their own case for that as well, but they're probably still able to AFC South as the worst division. Derrick Henry's still going to be there. I don't think he's going to go anywhere. And that man is just, he's a manimal. He really is, dude. You just give him the ball. He controls the clock. He doesn't allow the other team to to do what they need to do on the offensive side of the ball. And as long as he's in that division, look, I, I ate my slice of humble pie with the Titans. I was completely wrong. It's, it's Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry is the, he is him. He is the man. He's going to run that team right into the playoffs every single year, no matter who's playing quarterback. He has ran them into the playoffs every single year, but I think, I, I mean, he, he has no signs of slowing down this so is, far this year. Like, don't get me wrong. Right, right. But but this was the year that we that I personally was like, maybe he won't be able to do that because he was coming off of an injury for the first time in his career. And I think that that's why I was a little hesitant. But now I'm just eating my own words is basically what I'm doing. The better and better they continue to do uh, and, and the closer and closer they get to this division title. Yeah, I'm saying that because... They're starting to run away with that division. Fair enough. Jaden, do you think this uh, puts the Jags in a nice position to be division favorites next year? Um, I mean, you could definitely make an argument. It kind of depends on what else they do this year. Obviously, they're going to have some draft capital just based off of where they're going to be picking, based off of their record right now. So they could very well... Maybe add another receiver to this uh, receiving core as well as Calvin Ridley and Christian Kirk. We talked about that on Engage 8, that they're set in stone, that they're going to take a different position here, especially with them extending Cam Robinson and signing a player at just about every position last offseason. I don't really see a bigger hole on this team than yet another wide receiver, and that's what you want to do in this NFL. You want to load up on these guys and have the most chance to get an elite receiver. Um, they won't be able to spend a whole lot of money because, they just spent all of it last year that's kind of the problem that we saw with new england was they weren't able to do anything in this offseason uh just because they were so strung up by the cap and the moves that they made the previous year probably with just ridley alone based off of what i've seen so far this season i would say no um but 
you know, another off season where they can maybe make some moves around Trevor Lawrence, another uh, off season for Trevor Lawrence to improve and a second half, hopefully for Trevor Lawrence to improve. And I could definitely see them being a favorite next year. Fair enough. Uh, but you talked about the money or lack thereof in Jacksonville. Now that they gave Christian Kirk a big deal, four years, 72 million, they gave Brandon Sheriff a huge deal, five years. Um, but Calvin Ridley, since he was suspended this year, we were talking last week about what wide receiver was going to get that big contract next. And I think Calvin Ridley is kind of the guy that we forgot about a little bit just because he wasn't playing this year. Um, didn't he get an extension already in Atlanta, however? Yeah, he got an extension from his, I believe he got an extension from his rookie deal. Uh, but the problem is, I don't know how willing Jacksonville is going to be to extend him this offseason because he's only got one year left and that's next year. Um, I don't know how willing they'll be to give him an extension this offseason, given the fact that they haven't seen him play yet, um, or at least play in their offense. So maybe they'll probably just kind of wait till the end of the year, maybe tag him, get another year and then sign him to a big deal. Because if you're tagging him, you're pay you're going to be paying Calvin Ridley at the top of the market anyway. So why not tag him and try and, you know, make sure that this is a guy you want to pay because despite the fact that he does feel young and it doesn't feel like he's been in the league for very long, he's going to be 30 next year. So no, he's 28. he'll be 30 29. by the end of the season. Yeah. He'll be 30 by the end of the season that he plays with Jacksonville. So when they're like making that decision of whether they want to tag him or not, he will be 30 years old. So that's, that's a conversation you need to have in Jacksonville, especially with a quarterback who's like, yeah, I mean, this was the final year of his rookie deal. Uh, if he had went forward with that, he's actually set to make just over 11 million next year. Um, and that final year of that contract, that extension that he did sign with Atlanta. And then in 2024 becomes a free agent. So um, I, I kind of agree with Jaden there. You might want to franchise him, see what you can get. Don't give him the full bag yet, you know, wait and play it out. And if you're Ridley, why wouldn't you take the franchise tag? Um, I mean, even if you have a good year next year, you still had this off year. Like that's gonna that's gonna harm you with all your contract negotiations moving forward. But if you can put back to back years up of doing pretty well as a top ten receiver, then you can get that top ten receiver type um, type of a contract. See the argument for giving him the contract now or possibly this off season, I think would be. You see that the mega dollars that guys like DK, guys like Terry, guys like, I mean, Tyreek Hill's on another level, Devontae's on another level, but you've seen what these Debo, like, you've seen what these wide receiver contracts look like now. They're extremely high, a lot higher than the last time that Calvin Ridley signed his contract. So, you know, if he plays well next year, that you're going to have to give him that Debo, DK, Terry. Devante Tyreek kind of money like see a lot of money because the wide receiver market has been reset by that so I think you thing, can go to try and buy low right now so you don't have to pay that sticker price that we've seen this offseason and okay. so far this year so here's my here's my argument against that is a he's going to be making 11 mil next year so how much more of a contract are you going to give him that's going to entice him to sign that contract. And B, those guys that you were talking about are all younger than Calvin Ridley. You have to keep that in mind as well as that, like Jaden said, Tyreek, he's going to be 20. Tyreek signed a 20, con 20 next Tyreek and Devontae aren't, but yeah. I, okay, but I think they're... The Debo, DK, Terry are all younger than him by a couple years. Right, so Devontae and Tyreek, I think, are top 10 wide receivers no matter how much... I know Devontae had his 
fluke of a week this week with one catch for three yards. But for the most part, those two guys are going to be in that upper echelon of wide receivers. You have to see it, in my opinion, on a on a two-year base. Like, you have to have more of a sample size than just one year. If he goes out and balls out next year, you got to see two years, in my opinion. And even then, it's at Ridley, the point though. where he's 30 years old. It's not he's, like we've seen one-year we... production. We've seen multiple years of great production. He hasn't played, he hasn't played a game in a year, though. That's true. And then we he's only broke a thousand yards once with an aging man. Granted, he was, you know, in. I was about to say in Julio. Twenty eighteen, he's what a year or two years removed from his MVP season. Yeah, 26, 2017 Super Bowl, right? So twenty sixteen season, I think, was that year. Yeah, and you got also think Calvin Ridley comes into the league. Uh, at 24 years old. So he's, you know, it, like I said, it doesn't feel like he's been in the league for that long, but because he hasn't, but he's actually getting up there in age. So like, even though DK Metcalf comes in a year after him in the draft, he's about three years older than him. So you've got to, these contracts, these DKs, these Debo's, Terry's, AJ contracts, they're four to five year extensions. Most of them, you know, if you give Calvin Ridley a five-year extension after next season or even after this season, you're looking at extending him to he's 34 at top wide receiver money when you don't even know how good he's going to be considering he hasn't played football in over Could you see, I mean, could you see Calvin Ridley signing a contract almost exactly like Deontay Johnson, though? Three years, like, not too much investment. That's something, yeah, because I think Deontay's was a two-year 36. So, yeah. But I could I could see that maybe a little bit because it's kind of tough because like you would want to do that where there's less money but a little bit more guarantees. But how many more how many guarantees do you want to give to this guy when he's had not off the field issues but he had some mental health problems and he, again he hasn't played in a year. His age doesn't really help either. So you know how how much do you want to give? And you haven't seen him play with Trevor Lawrence yet. It's it's a lot of question marks. But I still think it's a fantastic move to get a guy with it's for. A, at most a second and a fifth for sure for sure um all right well that covers the uh, calvin ridley talk uh let's dive into the next big wide receiver to be traded today and that is from the pittsburgh steelers chase claypool is headed to the chicago bears in exchange for a 2023 second round pick i want to ask you guys and i'll start with tyler does this move the needle enough to give the Bears a possible shot at the playoffs this year in a wild card spot in the NFC that is extremely underperformed. They're three and five. They're tied with the Packers right now. The Packers have a 26.7% chance to make the playoffs. The Bears have a 4% chance, according to Football Outsiders. But I think we need to be giving them more credit. What do you think, Tyler? Um, I don't give them much chance. To make the playoffs i know that they're right there in the thick of it with teams like the saints the cardinals the packers the bucks and the rams as far as teams being under 500 that are going to be vying for that spot but ahead of them you've also still got the niners the commanders um the giants and cowboys who are both probably going to get wild card spots i i, I got to look at it in the sense of you've got the giants and cowboys that are probably going to be two wildcard spots and then there's one more up for grabs and I think it's either the Seahawks or the Niners so I don't think that there's really any shot and not only that they just traded away their whole defense 
Like they have not, like the Cowboys put 49 points up on them. I know 42 because of the Micah Parsons fumble return for a touchdown went to their defense, but like 42 points in an NFL game where the over under was a 42 and a half and the Cowboys hit it by themselves is absolutely ridiculous. This defense is the reason why I can't put them into any category of like playoffs or playoff contention. They just don't have it. And Chase Claypool isn't going to change your team. Fuck no. Like he's solid, but like he's not, he's not going to be a guy that's just going to come in and completely change the dynamic of a team. We were talking about it earlier, like maybe not, but he hasn't had a really chance to prove it. I mean, the last year that he had a good quarterback was his career year when Ben was still like playing at a high level. And I just like, you know, we were talking about it earlier because the guys available on the wide receiver market in the off season where bears have $120 million to spend, it's names like Jarvis Landry and Alan Lazard and Sterling Shepard, like, it's a really weak class. And I think going to get Chase Claypool, who, in my opinion, is miles ahead of any of those guys, I think is a great move for them. What do you think, Jaden? I mean, yeah, I think it's a good move. Obviously, I believe in his talent. I bought one of these, so, you know, I'll never wear this again. This will be the last time I get to use this. Um, but I, I think he's ultra-talented. Like, I really do. He's got... He's a size speed freak. Like, you know, not a lot of guys are in this league and, you know, maybe teach him to run routes a little bit better. Sometimes his hands are a little suspect, despite the fact that he is really big. Um, but he's definitely better than a lot of stuff that's going to be had on the market. If you are able as you get uh, rookie year chase Claypool, like, like what we saw in that first year, I believe he had nine touchdowns and looked like a future superstar. If you're able to get that guy for a second-round pick, then it's worth it. Now, if you get the guy that we've seen over the last two years that's, you know, had some drop issues and even some off-the-field issues, if you get that guy, then this second-round pick, you know, this might not look very good in the future, especially as a rebuilding franchise. And, you know, it's nice to get a guy that's a little bit older, like you're not making a dart throw when you're trying to get a receiver for Justin Fields. But you are you're gonna be in a long rebuild here. You just traded away anybody that's gonna help you over the next two to three years. Um, and Chase Claypool is only under contract for the rest of this year and next year. So you're gonna have to make a decision on what his, you know, what you're gonna do want to do with his contract moving forward right after that. So like I said, it kind of depends on the Chase Claypool you get, but I believe in the potential of him I always have. And I think this I think it could work out very well for Chicago. I think it's a win-win trade on both sides. I think so too. I've I, I've always believed in his. I talent. was gonna say. Go ahead. I I definitely think the Steelers won this trade. Um, you're getting the second round pick that's going to be in the 30s. Um, for a guy that, like you said, over the last two years, really hasn't done much, if anything. So I think it's a great trade on the Steelers end, um, especially because you didn't have him in your future plans. Um, I think that most Steelers fans can uh, agree to that. Um, that you know, once his rookie contract was up, it was like, all right, cool, you're out. Um, so I think that the fact that you get a second round pick for him is huge. And, you know, talking about a team that you've got a lot of pieces that you've got to fill in, um, you've got a lot of pieces that you need to fill. This is exactly how you do it is, is by building up draft capital. For sure. For sure. All right. Let's dive. Because they're going to because because the Steelers are going to have three picks probably in the top 40. I mean, that's that's pretty much how I would look at it. And that's I mean, you can you saw what the Jets did this year with Sauce Gardner and Brees Hall and uh, Jermaine Johnson. I mean, they went out and, and did what they had to do in those top 40 picks. And it proved it's paying dividends. I know Brees Hall obviously had the, the terrible injury, but 
that's how quickly you can rebuild a team. Yeah, and I mean, Jaden was talking about it earlier. There's some uh, sexy wide receiver uh, candidates in this year's draft as well. Want to elaborate? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, you've seen it over the past couple of years. You've seen Joe Burrow link up with Jamar Chase. You've seen Tua link up with Waddle. You've seen Hertz link up with Smith. Jordan Addison's going to be in this class, and he put up numbers. I believe he won the Blitnikoff Award with Pickett. Um, you know, we will have a receiver to fill because you think about it, you think, oh, we have this great uh, deep receiving room, and Calvin Austin, I believe he missed the deadline of some kind to get reactivated after being injured during uh, camp, and he's not going to play this year. So now Miles Boykin is effectively our wide receiver three moving forward. It's between him, Steven Sims, and uh, the white guy that we have returning kicks for some reason. Gunner something. I don't know Olchewski how to say his last name. From, uh, from the Patriots. Um, yeah, I'm not, I was about to say, yeah, from New England. I'm not even going to try, but um, like, I think that would be pretty cool if we were able to get Jordan Addison. We obviously have an eye for receiver talent and have over the last few years. I mean, you just think about all the receivers that we've turned out over the last, you know, eight, 10 years. Um, if we can bring Jordan Addison in there, pair with Deontay Johnson and Pickens, I would like the direction of that. Um, obviously offensive line still a concern corner. Despite the fact we'll obviously get into Willie Jackson here in a second, that's still probably going to be concerned regardless of how well he plays down the stretch. But I, it was a much needed move because we need we need a youth influx. I like there was a point today where I was like I would not be surprised if we move Cam Hayward today. Like just send him off, give him his because this team's going nowhere. I wouldn't be surprised if we end up moving him in the off season as well. He's just he's only probably got two or three years of like productive football left and two to three years from now, you know, we might finally be starting to be good again. Fair enough. Uh, last thing I'll say is I feel like I'm higher on, well, me and Jaden are higher uh, on Chase Claypool. Um, going to the bears. You put him with fucking Darnell Mooney. Now you've got the deep ball threat and the big physical wide receiver. It's this. It's the same dynamic that he had in Pittsburgh with Deontay. Yeah, essentially. for sure. I I like it a lot for the Bears and Justin Fields has looked like a different cat these past few weeks. So I like the direction that the Bears are going. Uh, but let's move on to um their division rival and Tyler's very own Minnesota Vikings making a move for one of the best tight ends in the game right now, and that is T.J. Hawkinson headed from Detroit to Minnesota. Uh, the details of that one, it was TJ Hawkinson plus two future fourth round picks in exchange for a 2023 second and a 2024 fourth round pick. Uh, you look at this on the surface, bro, this looks like a really fucking shitty return for the Lions. I mean, TJ Hawkinson is a former first round pick, man, and you're trading TJ Hawkinson plus two fourth rounders for a second and a fourth? I, I don't get it at all. All I think it's the worst trade of the day, in my opinion. What do you guys think? To a division rival, too. Yes. Um, who's your direct competition? And he's you know he's on contract not only this year but next year as well. I know he's got a nine million dollar uh, cap hit for next year, but yeah, like I said, with Irv Smith going down to injury, the Vikings were like, hey, we got to act now. Jaden has brought up Gasecki. I feel like for the last two to three weeks with them. I never even thought about Hawkinson, but it makes total sense. Like I was talking about, you know, what he can give in the run game as far as a blocking standpoint, but then also what he can do in the receiving game to give uh, Kirk a nice little safety blanket is huge. And he's going to be a big red zone presence. You know, the Vikings had Kyle Rudolph in that role for a number of years, probably over a decade. And, and now you've got that bigger target once again um, in the red zone. So 
Uh, I love it. I think it only makes this offense that much more explosive because Jefferson, Thielen, Hawkinson, Dalvin Cook, Madison as well, and then Kirk at the helm. I, I really like this offense, and we've seen it. The Vikings can score points. It's whether or not their defense is going to be able to get key stops that's going to dictate their postseason success. Oh, yeah. I like this a lot for the Vikings. Um, you'll be able to open up the play-action game a lot more. Uh, you've seen that recently. And Alexander Madison looks like a fucking dog. Dalvin Cook looks like Dalvin Cook. So that running game is going to be awesome. And TJ Hawkinson, former Iowa tight end, loves to go out there and block. Uh, so, And I'm, I'm, I'm circling it now. Two weeks from now. Minnesota at Buffalo. Oh. Circle that game right now. I don't know if the Vikings are going to win that game. I, I still expect the Bills to win that game. But if the Vikings can at least show up. Oh, and it's a 1 o'clock game. So no Kirk Cousins primetime ju- bad juju is going to be going on. Uh, so, you know, we'll, we'll see what the weather does, too, because that's a whole other factor. But um, they can go toe-to-toe with this Bills offense. It's whether or not the, the Vikings defense is going to come up with any stops in that game. Okay. With the addition of TJ Hawkinson, do you put this offense in a tier with Buffalo and KC, Jaden? No, just the quarterback. You just – I can't – with the quarterback situation, I can't put it in the same tier – like the same reason I can't really confidently say that Philadelphia is up there with those guys, just because the quarterback position is, it's just such a big discrepancy. Um, the Hawkinson trade by itself. I like it for both teams. Honestly, as like I said the other day on engage eight, this is two teams going in two different directions. Um, Minnesota's trying to buy in. I like the move for them. You get another guy who, you know, I don't know who they were going to start. If Irv Smith went down, Johnny, Mutt. I I'm going to take T. Yeah, TJ Hawkinson is a nice alternative. Um, I do think he's more of a name at this point than he is that like an actual really good player. I think there's like a clear tier of like Kelsey, Andrews, Kittle, and then like Waller and Pitts. And then TJ Hawkinson's kind of like in this area of like Dallas Goddard, Dalton Schultz type of player. Obviously, he does add a lot in the run game, uh, run blocking for a Vikings offensive line that has been as good as it's been in a long time with the exception of Ed Ingram. So you add a guy in there that can help that at tight end. I think that's a big win. And then for Detroit, look, the fact of the matter is despite the expectations that some people had for them this year, they're not winning anything this year and they might. No, me, I was pointing what? to me. I am me. I am. Him. Oh, I am like... the lion's lover, but continue. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, they're not they're not going anywhere this year, and you know maybe not even next year either. Uh, they were going to have to pay him pretty soon. And you look at this tight end class, and this is going to be one of the best tight end classes in recent memory. You've got the guy, from, the dude from Notre Dame. Uh, you got two guys from Georgia coming out. You could have three tight ends in the first round here. So you flip that second round pick. Maybe you were able to snag one of those guys at the top of this or in the middle of the second round somewhere around there, and not have to pay him for the next four or five years. Um, and hopefully, you know, you get a guy like TJ Hawkinson, but doesn't really look good for Detroit taking a guy with the eighth pick three years ago and now trading him for a second. That's why I'm saying I just, I feel like he's much more of a name than he is an actually good player. Okay, fair enough. Uh, let's move on to our next trade that moved the dial today. And that was Bradley Chubb headed out of Denver to Miami. Um, so the details on that one, Bradley Chubb plus a future fifth round pick in exchange for a first round pick from the Dolphins that used to be the 49ers first round pick. Um, so it is the 49ers first round pick. 
2024 fourth round pick and Chase Edmonds. And dude, when you look back on the Trey Lance trade, absolutely fucking crazy, man. Because the Dolphins got three firsts from the 49ers in exchange for the 49ers trading up to get Lance at three. They used the 2021 pick on Jalen Waddle. They sent the 2022 first round pick to Kansas City for Tyreek Hill. And they sent the 2023 first round pick to Denver for Bradley Chubb. So Bradley Chubb, Tyreek Hill, and Jalen Waddle, and some draft picks for Trey Lance. The craziest part is that that pick, that pick that they sent uh, to San Francisco, was actually the Texans' pick, who they Laramie traded Tunsil. and got Laramie Tunsil. Wow. It all leads back to Laramie Tunsil in some way, shape, or form. And his mm-hmm. and his weed mask, <laughs> gas mask thing that he was wearing on draft night. That's what it all yeah. comes back to. But no, I, I mean. Wh- the problems that the Dolphins have had, you know, with, with some of these trades, I think that they've made previously outside of this have been questionable. And, and some of the front office issues just in general, I think have been questionable, but yeah, I mean, you get probably, I mean, Bradley Chubb's top, top five defensive end when he's healthy. And that was the big thing coming into this year is when he's healthy. I think he's, I think he's right up there when he's healthy and you put him on the other side of a budding star, like Jalen Phillips. I think you've got a very, very nice combo. Of, uh, of two defensive ends. And what we've noticed is some of these big time contenders in the AFC, what do they have? What's the common occurrence? And, and a lot of times it is having those defensive ends. And um, I mean, we see it in Buffalo. We even see it in, uh, in Kansas city with Frank, Frank Clark. Um, so, and I'm not saying Frank Clark's to that tier, but uh, I think that this absolutely helps them out and, and puts them definitely in the wild card. I would say, you know, as far as a playoff team, I can't put them over the Bills yet, though. I, I cannot see them winning that division. Even though they beat the Bills, I, I still can't put them in in the lead as a front runner in that division yet. Um, but I think they're comfortably in as a wild card team for sure, and and they could create some noise. You know, you get you put them in as like the fifth seed facing the Titans round one, or even like the Ravens round one. I've already beaten the Ravens. They could create they could create some trouble yeah. for some teams, absolutely, because of what they've got on the offensive side, and now you throw this guy in on the defensive side. Yeah, I like this move by the Dolphins. Yeah, I do too. I mean, this is a defense that has been really fucking good so far this year, um, and now you add one of the best defensive ends, as you said, in the league right now to that defense. I mean, this is going to be something nasty, and obviously this Miami offense is impressing us all, but... Uh, Jaden, what do you think, man? And does this make uh, this kind of a, a cheating uh, power ranking sneak? Um, but are the Dolphins a lock for Tier 1 until further notice now? I mean, I've got them in Tier 1. It's kind of hard to say like a lock because if they go out and lose this, I've spoiler, I've got them at 8. So it's kind of hard for them to be a lock because if they you know slip up this week, they're probably moving down. Um this was like kind of questionable for me because he's um, the free like agent I heard, too. I've been hearing it. Well, that and I've been hearing it for the last week of like they were interested in him, and I kind of wondered why because the same reason that the same I, I wouldn't call it a problem because it's a good thing, but the same situation that they have is the same situation that Denver has, and the reason why Denver's trading him is because they have this stable of like three or four guys that can get constant pressure, and you send him to Miami in a room with Jalen Phillips, Melvin Ingram, Emmanuel Ugba, um, Andrew Van Ginkle, even um, like guy there's, there's guys in there. 
Um, that that and then Van Ginkle, first round pick. I know it's San Francisco. So is a fucking yeah, he's something. I'll tell you that, nature, that Van Ginkle. Bro. Anyway, continue. Yeah, like this is a front that can already create pressure. So yeah, it's always nice to have a force multiplier like Bradley Chubb. I do think he's closer to like the tenth best edge rusher in the league than he is to even the fifth. Just because there's there's a lot of good edge rushers in the league right now, even when he is healthy. Um, but to send a first round pick and now you have no first round picks, it's a little and now you gotta pay him. And the part of the reason why he didn't end up staying in Denver is because he wants to be paid like the top edge rusher in the league, and Denver didn't want to do that. And now you're Miami, you're gonna have to do that. And it doesn't feel like it, but Tua's contract's gonna be creeping up here soon. Like we're talking we just talked about paying Kyler. Tua's in the class right after that with Burrow and Herbert and all those guys that are probably going to be getting contracts soon. And you better hope that Burrow and Herbert don't get paid before him because despite the fact that I, I think the general consensus is that he's still in a tier below those guys, he's going to want to get paid like those guys because on field, he's going to have the same amount of success due to the weapons and stuff that he has. Um, it's it's something. I'll tell you that much. It's it's an all-in move from Miami. Like, and I like to see that honestly. Like, I love the Christian McCaffrey move. Is you know, you think you can win? Fuck the draft picks. We're trying to win this year, and you know they they got a good thing going. But they're also in the AFC with Buffalo, with Kansas. I mean, you got a team right there in your division that could is very easily considered the best team in the NFL right now. So, very, uh, very, very interesting. Very interesting. For sure, to say the least. Uh, but the Dolphins are, as you said, they're headed all in this year. And as Tyler said, this pretty much locks them into a wild card spot. So, uh, I mean, yeah. I think they were already locked in. I felt I felt pretty good about that before yeah, true, today. True. All right, let's uh, go over some of these minor trades and talk about a little bit of fantasy impact. Uh, but first, Willie Jackson headed from my commanders and a 2025 conditional seventh round pick they're headed to pittsburgh for a conditional sixth round pick i mean nothing i could really say here we were going to cut him uh if we didn't trade him today uh so i'm not i mean we got something in return we had to trade a conditional seventh round pick for it but i mean that's cool he was a fucking waste of money giant waste of money but did you guys take on the whole contract Um, I still haven't seen anything about that. Um, I'll, I'll look, but even if we did, I don't hate the move, honestly, because it's, we're acquiring him for practically nothing. Like the value, the difference between a sixth and a seventh round pick is roughly a seventh round pick. And I'm, I'm not worried about that, especially when, yeah, he hasn't looked great as of, as of lately, but he's shown elite in the past, like it's not it's it's pretty distant past but it's there and if we can unlock some of that moving forward i think that's something we obviously you just saw aj brown light us on fire um on sunday and receivers have been doing that for the last three or four years now we just can't seem to invest in the corner position so it's nice to see we finally make some move uh for a defensive back for sure uh all that needs to be said there basically uh next trade on the minor side, uh, the Colts trade Naheem Hines to the Bills in exchange for Zach Moss and a conditional six-round pick. Uh, as far as fantasy goes, I think this opens up Jonathan Taylor. I think he's back if he's healthy. 
I think he's back because the Colts just fired their OC today. And coincidence that, I mean, it was the trade deadline today, but coincidence that the same day you fire your OC, you trade Naheem Hines away. It seems like the only guy in the Colts building that actually liked Naheem Hines touching the ball was the offensive coordinator. And now he's out of town. You actually give the ball to Jonathan Taylor now. Um, they do bring in Zach Moss, but he's more of an in-between-the-tackles guy. Um, so... I like it a lot for the Bills or for the Colts. It sets them up for kind of that hard nose, run the ball down your throat kind of style instead of forcing yourself to dump it off to Naheem Hines for some weird reason. Uh, but Tyler, what do you think? Uh, I don't really take much stock into this. I mean, he's going to play probably, he'll come in on some receiving downs, but you've seen them incorporate James Cook more into this offense as of late. Um, so I think he's <clears throat> the clear cut RB3. I mean, J Zach Moss was getting cut. We, I mean, not cut, but he was getting benched week in and week out as a healthy scratch. So I, I don't know how much stock I put into this. Yeah. Like, I don't think this is going to make the Bills that much better, and I don't think this is going to be a detriment that much to the uh, to, to the Colts. No, I'm just like the only – I don't think it has much fantasy impact for Naheem Hines or Zach Moss. Uh, but, I, I mean, I like Naeem Hines going to the Buffalo Bills. I kind of like that as far as fantasy goes as a flex option. But I think this means more for JT overall. Uh, next guy that we – yeah, go I ahead, mean, in, in my opinion, it does kind of scare me. Like, as a, as a Jonathan Taylor owner, I feel like I'd feel good about it because that means the Colts know that he's healed. It, to a certain degree of confidence because he had missed some time and then he also had to get his ankle retaped again on Sunday. So clearly he was some kind of injured, but to trade away his backup, regardless of the offensive coordinator situation, clearly you, you know something about what his injury status is going to be. The only problem is what happens if it happens again? Because clearly he re-aggravated again on Sunday. What if he re-aggravated again this Sunday? Maybe this is a team headed for the bottom, and this is kind of a measure to uh, ensure that happening. Obviously, this is a team that's going to need a quarterback uh, next year. But as a Jonathan Taylor, and at least you know that you'll be getting a lot more targets than previously thought. For sure. Uh, last uh, kind of less noteworthy trade uh, that happened today was Jeff Wilson headed from the Niners to Miami for a 2023 fifth round pick um as far as all the as far as like all the trades here i mean there's only three and one of them's defensive player but out of the trades here i like this most for fantasy um miami's moving on from chase edmonds today as they sent him to denver uh they paid him in the offseason so they've obviously thought something of him but not anymore and raheem raheem Mostert hasn't really worked out as a back of miami so far uh, but Jeff Wilson, he's looked really good stepping in for Elijah Mitchell uh, while he could. And then 49ers traded for CMC. And you don't need a guy like Jeff Wilson anymore. Um, but the Niners, I didn't expect them to trade a guy like Jeff Wilson because they've always wanted that. But now Elijah Mitchell is going to be that number two back. So I guess that makes sense. Poor, poor fucking Raheem Mostert, dude. He cannot escape Jeff Wilson. <laughs> Jeff Wilson was his backup on his ass the entire time in San Francisco, and Raheem Mostert was an art was the sole RB one for about twenty minutes today. And Jeff Wilson just comes and is like, "I'm back," and will not. I sent a trade offer to somebody for Raheem Mostert, and he turned me down. And I was like, "I took it back. 
you know what? I took it back because I think they're going to make a move, and lo and behold, they did. There we go. Fuck yeah, that. I think that, I think if I think if anything, if you have Jeff Wilson and you were just kind of clinging on to him to say, hey, you know what? Maybe something will happen. Now's an opportunity for you to sub him in for a bye week. But he's, I mean, he's. I think he's still the backup. Um, I don't think that that's questionable. I think Mostert has taken over this RB job. Um, but yeah, because Elijah Mitchell is going to be coming back, so Jeff Wilson was going to be the third third string running back basically in San Francisco once Mitchell comes back. So now if you're a Jeff Wilson owner, you've at least got some hope uh, that you can get something out of him, some kind of production. Yeah. I mean, no running back has really popped out for the Miami so far this year. And I think Jeff Wilson will be the guy to do it. So I think Jeff Wilson is easily the number one running back in Miami. Now we've seen what Ramahim Mostert has done so far this year. Really? Dude, my host has been, been killing good. it. Most has been good, yeah. but Jeff Wilson was better, man. Like he was a lot better. Ah, I don't agree it? with that. We're gonna agree. Yeah, I was about to say, especially walking in. Okay, Mostert. yeah. Let's look at the stats. Let's look at the stats. All right, how about this? Next three weeks, I think Mostert will have more points than Jeff Wilson. Oh, okay. All right. Well, no. Next week. Next oh, week. Uh, coming all off. Right, yeah, all right. All right. You're a I'll, sneaky I'll bastard. That. I'll excuse that week. I'll say this week Ooh. won't be included in that. After this week, the next three games that the Dolphins play, because I don't know when their bye week is, Mostert will have, so that is weeks 10, 11, and 12, maybe 13, depending on when their bye week is, Mostert will have more points than Jeff Wilson. Loser has to do. Loser has to eat a jalapeno on air. Okay. I'm with that. Let's do it. That's the easiest bet I've made in my life. Okay. (laughs) I had the report set to defense on accident when I looked up Jeff Wilson's PFF grade. And I was wondering why it said played no weeks, but he actually played one defensive snap last year for the Niners. Hey, dog. So that's maybe maybe that wins him the starting job over he Mostert is that he can uh, do a little little. Jabril How about Pepper you tell action. me what the PFF comparison is between the two this year? Okay, I've got sixty-seven point four for Jeff Wilson, and dun, 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 uh, I'm not going to tell you if it's lower for he Mostert. 67.7 for Raheem Mostert. Let's go. Bro. Okay, how about some of the other grades? Let's go. How about some of those? That's the overall. Yeah. That's the overall. The defensive. I'll look at the defense grades for Raheem Mostert. All right. Piss off. Let's just Let's move on. Yeah, piss off. Let's just move on. Okay. Um. Actually, all right. So, that does it for uh, all the completed trades today on the trade deadline. But let's talk about some of the trades that didn't get done and some of the teams that didn't make moves today because there's there's a decent amount of them, decent amount of surprises that came out today. Um, I'll list off some of them on my side, and then if you guys have any other ones, but we'll just tell me what your biggest surprises out of the list like this. Uh, Brandon Cook, uh, Brandon Cook stays in Houston. Uh, we were talking about it on Gage 8. He seemed very upset about this. Uh, the Texans were working with him to make a trade happen. And he was like, today's the day that I get traded on Twitter. And then right after the deadline, he tweets like, you shouldn't be playing with my career like this, man. Like, I mean, you shouldn't. Like, it's fucked up. But Brandon Cooks stays in Houston. Uh, Kareem Hunt did not end up on the block today he stays in cleveland and i really thought he was going to get dealt because he looked really good last night and i imagine that a lot of teams were calling but maybe that kind of swayed cleveland's mind kareem hunt looking that good on monday night football uh but elijah moore also another guy who requested a trade just like kareem hunt and didn't end up headed out of town which is really weird because he gets one target 
on uh, this past week. So I don't know why a former second round receiver doesn't get dealt. Um, the Packers don't trade for a wide receiver or do anything at all today. Uh, the Rams are another team that didn't make a move. They were in talks for CFC. Uh, Cam Akers, he was on the trade block. He didn't get traded today. Uh, Alvin Kamara stays put. So what what are we thinking are some of the biggest surprises out of your minds? Jaden, I'll start with you. Oh, it's 100% Brandon Cooks. Like, I don't even think it's close. I mean, I saw the tweet that said that Cooks and Houston are working together to get a deal done. I'd say 99% of the time when you see that report get put out, regardless of who or with whom it's with, that deal gets done. Like he gets traded or cut or something else. Obviously they're not going to cut him with the years left on his contract, but I just, I cannot, especially with all the suitors that were available. I mean, all the teams that need wide receivers or were looking to bulk up on wide receiver and nobody was able to meet the price for Brandon cooks. That was completely shocking to me. And the fact that it came with the Packers, not making a move like specifically them. I know that the Cowboys were in talks, you know, a bunch of other teams, but specifically the Packers, if he stayed put and the Packers traded for chase Claypool or something like that, I wouldn't have been as surprised. But the fact that he didn't get dealt and the Packers didn't get anybody is um, it's bananas to me. I can't, I cannot I cannot put together the fact that they didn't trade whatever it was to get him. Because like we talked about earlier, man, the Packers, they have nothing. It's OBJ or bus now. Like you didn't want to put yourself in this scenario, but now you're here and you've got to go get a guy who's like, you know, kind of into like the LA lifestyle and you got to get, tell him, Hey, why don't you come, you know, be in playing the cold in December in negative degree weather in green Bay, which is like the smallest town in the NFL. I just, it's, it's something, as I've said, it is, uh, it's something. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I would say, I mean, I, I would, I would definitely agree that I think Brandon Cook's not being moved was the, uh, the biggest surprise. We, we all thought it was imminent. I know Jaden texted us that, and I saw a couple of tweets talking about how the Brandon Cook's trade was imminent, but never happened. He stayed put. Um, I really think the Cam Akers thing is, is something to wonder about because I don't see a future in Los Angeles with him. I think he's a cut. I think he's a cut candidate at this point. Yeah, I mean, they, if they weren't able to get anything, for they him, came out like, and they said that he was his... expected to come back and play for the team. Went so. We will see because Kyron Williams is coming off IR now, and I think he's some guy, somebody that could make a big impact. And at the beginning of the year, I remember they were doing like ESPN was doing like their fantasy football like drafts or whatever, and they were talking about sleepers and asking for one guy to be a sleeper or whatever. And Adam Schefter at the beginning of the year said Kyron Williams is, is the guy that he's been hearing a lot of in Los Angeles as being the guy and that he would be a sleeper, you know, moving forward into fantasy. I've scooped him up in probably three of my leagues. Um, so I'm just waiting around for him to, to burst onto the scene. And I think that uh, I, I do not think that Cam Akers has got a future in Los Angeles. Fair enough. Uh, my biggest surprise today, I think I got to go with Elijah Moore. And it's not somebody that I thought of right off the bat. Uh, but, like, I mean, Elijah Moore, we were talking about Chase Claypool being a massive upgrade over any of the wide receivers available this offseason. I'm putting Elijah Moore right into that conversation, like almost equivalent with the Chase Claypool. Like, Elijah Moore, he's a former second-round pick. Uh, should I mean, he should have been traded for a third or fourth today. I have no clue why he didn't end up with a team like the Packers. Um, like, I can't imagine the price tag was too high. And the Jets, after losing this past week, I mean, their record still looks phenomenal. But 
I don't think that this team makes the playoffs this year now after that loss, most likely. Um, so I don't know why you don't move on a guy, from a guy who you drafted super high and uh, literally give one target per week to. Um, he was interviewed in the locker room after the game, and he was like, they were like, what's your on-field chemistry like with uh, Zach Wilson? He was like, I don't know. He doesn't throw me the ball. How would I know? Like, And that's, that's a guy screaming to be traded just this past weekend. I have no clue why he's not out of town uh, or in Green Bay for that matter. So that's probably my biggest surprise today. Uh, last thing, are you guys surprised that no quarterbacks got traded today? I know that there wasn't really any like on the like on the hot seat to be traded at all, but like the only ones that I could have seen being dealt were both on our <laughs> roster. Like Trubisky or Rudolph, I could have definitely seen being moved, but I'm definitely not surprised to see to not see them moved. Yeah, the the other thing is I don't know the contenders right now that really need quarterback you know if you're looking at the contenders as far as like probably top eight maybe top 10 in each conference i feel like their quarterbacks they're all their quarterbacks they're, they're all, they're that's quarter- why they're contenders right they're all their quarterback situations are, are pretty solidified so i don't think that there was a need for any teams to go out and get a quarterback you know if like carolina had won this week maybe but i think that they're kind of content with pj walker i mean that man made the best throw of the season according to patrick mahomes so um yeah i yeah, I'd, I'm not that surprised at no quarterbacks. I mean, every now and then you will see it, but there was no need for it to happen this year. Yeah, I, I mean, some guys that I saw that potentially might get traded, um, Jordan Love could have been traded. Uh, didn't talk a lot about him. Um, Ryan Tannehill, another guy that possibly could have been traded today. Um, my gosh, I'm trying to think of other ones. Maybe Baker. <laughs> yeah, Baker. That's exactly what I was thinking of. Yep. Baker would have been Dowd or Darnold because PJ Walker seems like the guy now. Lock. So yeah. Through lock. Mm-hmm. So there was Geno Smith to the Geno Smith to the Broncos. Jameis Winston. Yeah. I mean, he could have been traded now that they've seemed to be signing up for Andy Dalton. But interesting to see a quarterback not traded today, especially after the movement we saw this past offseason. But a lot of movement nonetheless. So that does it for our uh, NFL trade deadline recap episode. Uh, it was a lengthy one. Um, studs and duds will not be put out this week just because of all the action that we had go on today with the deadline. But we'll have that out next week. And this episode should be out tomorrow morning. Um, as you're listening to this, it should be Wednesday morning. And the power rankings will be out Thursday morning before Thursday night football. So we'll catch you guys later. Enjoy the episodes. Peace.